you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Finish, uh, fill in the blank for me here. You can do it silently. But getting old is tough, fun for the birds, right? You know, our society is really built around uh, pushing back on aging. You know, they, they, we, we get kind of communicated to us all the time, getting old is bad. You know, uh, there was a Groupon study uh, done in 2018 that surveyed over 2,000 men and women and it showed that women will spend close to $314 a month on makeup and anti-aging products. Okay, $314 a month on average. Now that's close to $3,700 a year that women will spend on anti-aging products and makeup products. Now men, before you snicker, and guys, before you're like, "Uh uh-huh, and you're looking at your wife... The same study showed that men will spend close to $244 a month on anti-aging products, clocking us in close to $3,000 a year that men will spend on anti-aging products. So what is our culture telling us about getting older? They say, look, dye your hair, hide your grays, inject the skin, tuck the tummy, Work the abs. Dress younger. See, our our culture really says it this way. To avoid getting older, delay it, despise it, and disguise it. Right? Delay it, despise it, disguise it. But what if you and I took a different attitude? What if we said that our age isn't our greatest liability, but it actually can be our greatest strength? What if you and I, as an older generation, said, you know, what one has done for me, I'm going to do for somebody else. What someone has once done for me, now I in my life am going to do for somebody else. Psalm 71 is what we call a lament psalm. Uh, To lament means to express worry, concern. There's, There's an issue in your life that you're crying out to God for. And so in the Psalms, you see these laments sometimes. Sometimes they're national laments or they're individual laments. This is an individual lament. So the person who wrote Psalm 71, he's going through a period of hardship, of worry, of doubt, of fear. There's something in his life in which he's crying out to God for help, right? How many of you maybe lamented this week? You know, there was something in your life that you prayed for. God, I need healing in this. Or Lord, I need financial help here. Or God, I'm worried about this. I'm anxious about this. God, I need your help. When you do that, you're lamenting to the Lord and you're trusting in him to take care of this. Psalm 71 is written by a person who's of an older generation. We know this by verse 5, verse 9, and then verse 18. We'll get to it. He's talking about his gray hairs. Now, in the psalm, because we're not going to cover the whole thing, we're just going to kind of focus in on a few verses, but in the psalm, what we identify as the problem is he has people against him. There are people who are making accusations against him. There are people who are wanting to do some spiritual harm or physical harm to him. And so he's praying in verse 13 this, 
May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. And so within that psalm, he's essentially saying in that verse, God, you take care of them. Lord, out of your perfect justice and your perfect way, God, you take care of those that are seeking to do me hurt and to do me harm. But notice in verse 14 what he says, but I'll hope continually and I'll praise you yet more and more. God, as you take care of my issue, then my hope, verse 14 says, is going to continually be in you and I'll continue to praise you more and more. An active hope is going to equal an active praise. Right? So when I have continual hope in the Lord, then I have continual reason to praise the Lord, no matter my situation, because I know God will act. But notice what he does in verse 15. He says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds and of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. He says, my mouth is going to tell of your righteous acts. You know, part of being a follower of Christ is that we show what we believe. And we, we show that in our actions. But part of being a follower of Christ is we speak what we believe. You, you have to have both. It's not just I'm going to show it, but I'm also going to show it. I'm going to tell it. I'm going to speak it. And so he's saying, I'm going to tell of your mighty acts. I'm going to tell of what you've done in my life. And when I stop and think about it, I'm not going to be able to remember all of it because it's so much. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you have a story to tell. You have an awesome story to tell. You have a story of redemption to tell today if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You have a story of how God has changed your forever. You know, there's times I run into people who go, ah, you know, I have a boring testimony. You ever think of that? A boring testimony. Yeah, I grew up in church. Maybe saved at eight. Yeah, I've never really kind of gotten into trouble. Just kind of always been to church, always been faithful to God. Uh, my testimony's boring. It's not like the person who, you know, went, went to prison or had issues with alcohol and, and God saved them out of alcohol. Man, that's an exciting testimony. You know what? I, I, I'm sorry. But I think anytime your eternity changes from heaven to hell, that's pretty cool, right? Anytime God steps into the life of a person, whether it's a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, an 80-year-old, no matter their past history is pretty awesome, right? Anytime you go from, hey, if I die without Jesus Christ, I'm forever in hell, to, hey, now I'm forever in heaven with Jesus because of what Jesus has done for me, can I get an amen? That's pretty exciting, right? That's better than Bregman hitting it to the train tracks, all right? And so don't stop and think, man, I got saved as a kid and I don't have an exciting story to tell. You have an exciting story to tell because you believe in a Savior who conquered everything. You believe in a Jesus who changes lives. The older you get, now stay with me on this, the older you get, the more you have to tell. The older you get, the more you can tell of what God has done in your life. You can constantly point back 
to, Lord, help me here. God, help me here. The Lord rescued me here. The Lord met my need here. You constantly have these stories to be able to tell. And and here's the great thing. To my older generation, I want you to understand this about the younger generation coming behind me because I'm going to put myself in the older generation here because whoever's behind me, then I'm older than them. But understand this about the kids and the youth coming up today. Older generations, we kind of have this notion that they don't want anything to do with us. But, but research is showing us that's totally different. See, the kids that are growing up now, the youth that are growing up now, they, they actually desire dialogue from us. The reason being is because some and many are, are growing up in the homes where there's only one parent. Some are growing up on something that you and I didn't grow up on, but it's relationships on a screen. It's relationships through social media. Now, I'm, I'm not knocking social media. Social media has its place, and it can be used for good. But understand that relationships built here is a different type of a community than relationships built face-to-face. And so as this generation behind us gets older, they're beginning to realize, well, wait a minute, I can have online friends, but I need real friends. I can have online communication But I need real communication. I need to know how to do that. I need somebody to model that for me. I need somebody to help me. And so this past week, I asked Pastor Jonathan, when he was with our youth on Wednesday night, to ask them, what do you guys need from us as an older generation? As an older generation in our church, what can we pass down to them? What did they need? And, and, I, and I appreciate our youth filling this out for me because I wanted to share it with you. Here's, here's some things that our teenagers said within our church. They said, we need you as an older generation to teach us more about God. We need you to teach us how to worship the Lord. We need you to teach us how not to get down on ourselves or to give up. We need you to teach us how to overcome obstacles in life. Man, I I love that. We need you to teach us more about the Lord. We need you to teach us how to worship. We need you to teach us how not to get down on ourselves, give up. We need you to teach us how to overcome obstacles in our lives. And you as an older generation, many of you have done that. And that's what verse 15 is all about. Then we pass that down. We tell of those mighty acts of the Lord. We tell of those deeds of salvation where, where God helped us in our lives when we were down, when we wanted to quit, when we wanted to give up, or the obstacle we had to overcome. And so last week I challenged you, uh, and the insert is in your bulletin, to step up into some areas in our kids' ministry. And right here we have on the pallet this morning uh, this list, and, and everything here is represented of all the things we had open within our kids' ministry currently. Uh, whether that's teen kid on Wednesday night, preschool on Sunday morning, our special needs ministry, our upward basketball and cheerleading ministry. All of these cards right here are all of those open spots where we're asking you to step in the gaps. To say, you know what, I'm going to teach that younger generation. I'm going to serve for them because what's been done for me, I'm now going to do for someone else. And I want to tell you, last week, your response was incredible. And I want to just kind of pick these off and let you know what you guys stepped up to do. So Pink Room Babies, 1030, that's taken care of. Team Kid, first grade and through fifth grade, recreation leader, twice a week is going to take care of. I'm going to drop these on the stage. And for you organized people, that's going to drive you nuts, but you'll be all right. 
light blue room. So our walkers, 1030, assistant teacher, taken care of. Life group, life group walkers again, 1030, third Sunday, taken care of. Where am I at? Team kid, special needs buddy, taken care of. Pink room babies, assistant third uh, Sunday teacher, taken care of. Special need assistant uh, teacher, first through th- third Sundays, taken care of. <laughs> special needs in our purple room, uh, helper for second and fourth Sunday at nine, taken care of. Team kid, again, recreation leader, bi-weekly, taken care of. Where else am I here? All right, yellow room, fourth through fifth graders at 10 uh, clock, taken care of. We got another team kid, special need buddy, taken care of. Look at all that, what you did. Amen? That's awesome. Thank you, church. And, and listen, in your worship program, you, you see that insert. And what's left in that insert is what's left on the board. And, and so hear me on this. Some of you do 50 things. We're not asking you to do a 51st thing, okay? What we're saying is there, there are some that, that, that now's your time to step in. You step in and fill in those gaps. You step in and say, you know what? Someone has done something for me in my life like this, and, and I'm going to do for someone what someone once did for me. Because I want you to notice something in verse 18. And I love what the psalmist says there. He says, so even to old age... And gray hairs. Oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. So, even to old age and my gray hairs, God, don't forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. Lord, grant me life long enough to do for someone else what's been done for me. Grant me life long enough, Lord, to be able to pass down to another generation the truth of who you are. Now, I I know for some that that may seem intimidating. That may seem tough. And and you kind of maybe practically wonder how you can do that. There's obviously ways here uh, that we've said in our church. There's kiddos that need to be served. Uh, But let's talk about our families a little bit and maybe how you can do this as a family. Uh, And and maybe this is when I'm going to talk about family. You you have kids at home you can still do this with. Maybe there's uh, just you and your wife now because maybe your kids are grown and gone. But but I want to invite Alan and Teresa Larson up uh, this morning. And so let's bring Alan and Teresa up. If you guys will welcome them to the stage. You guys will grab... Y'all can take a seat wherever you would like. Preferably me not in the middle, though. That might be a little weird if y'all separate out. We're <laughs> All right, that's going to be on. Well, I'm going to give them both to you. I got, I got one for each other. So I ask Alan and Teresa to, to come up. They're going to share some of the things that they, they do in their home and uh, in their lives to kind of live this out. And um, I ask them to do this. Uh, Not because, and I don't mean this mean to you guys, not because they have it all figured out, but because I know that they work through this. And and I've had conversations with them on on some practical things they've done. So they've encouraged me uh, in this ways as well. And I wanted you to hear from them as folks who are just still learning on how to do this. And so thank you guys for sharing. 
And uh, so introduce you guys, yourselves, um, and how many kids you have and ages and how long y'all have been here at Heights. I'll go first. Uh, I'm Alan Larson. My family, uh, my mom and I came to Heights when I was in the seventh grade. So 41 years ago, uh, we came here because she wanted me to go to church with kids that I went to school with. And so I grew up here. Uh, <clears throat> grew up here, got married. We now have three children. Uh, Julia, who's 18, Kirsten, who's 15, and Gordon, who's 11. So God has blessed us greatly. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And so, yeah, y'all have various ages, and that's what I also wanted to spotlight. Um, y'all have been here for a while. Teresa, y'all, how long have you been here? Since I know since you've been married, probably. I mean, but. So, yes, I actually started attending Heights um, before I met Alan um, with someone else. Uh, I came from a very small church. We didn't have any youth. I was it. And when I got into college, I told my dad, I said, please, can I go here on Sunday nights? And through much lamenting, he said yes. So it's there um, on a retreat that I met Alan. And so we've, I've been here since we married. Right. Which is how many years? Alan, quick. No. <laughs> he, he 31 this year. There you go. This right. week. That a boy. All right. <laughs> on the 8th of October. On the 8th of October. All right. You're doing good on that. I always like to ask the guys. Marriage date. Let's go. Let's make sure you got. So I, I know. Just you, don't ask him my birthday. Okay. I don't want this to turn into a marriage counseling session. So we'll <laughs> we'll we'll progress it along. Um, so I, I, I know Alan, you serve in our preschool area at nine o'clock. And thank you. I know you've you've done that very faithfully. And and Teresa, you're with our youth, and you serve there. So Alan, why do you serve with preschoolers? And Teresa, why are you serving in our our youth group? I started serving in the preschool area a long time ago, (laughs) and Teresa was volunteering back there, and she made me aware several several times that some of the babies back there, when they would cry, they needed a man, and so she would get me to come, and I would hold babies that would respond to a man that were not not responding to the women, Uh, and through getting, being involved back there some, then I discovered that there was a need. And so when I first went to work back there, it was because there was a need that I could feel. It was not because I felt called uh, to the preschool ministry. It was just to fill a void. Uh, But once I got back there, God very quickly uh, instilled in me, I would say, a calling to tell the Bible story to preschoolers. I am not creative. I don't do crafts. But I love sharing the Bible story with children in a manner that I think they could understand and relate to. So at this point, I serve because I get to. Uh, it's not because I have to. It's because I get to. It's a privilege. Uh, and I would encourage you all that this morning walking in here, God impressed upon me a verse, John 10.10. 10. And most of us wouldn't think of this in this light. But Jesus was speaking, and he says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it to the full. So the thief, what he wants to desire is for us to not be involved in seeing this next generation come to Christ. But in being involved in that, that's part of the abundance and the fullness that I receive. So I don't just give. I I receive and I take from those kids week by week the joy and the fullness of life that God promises us. 
Awesome. Thank you. For me, getting involved in the youth was much the same. Um, I was asked to fill in on cafe one Wednesday night a month. And I'm not going to lie, I, I was in a season where I had worked children in preschool for a very long time, and I felt God changing my heart. But I didn't want to listen because my, my saying was, I didn't do teenagers. I didn't. Um, but uh, God did. He changed my heart for them. And slowly and surely, um, I moved into a, a, a position with the ninth and 10th grade girls. And I have to say, one of the things I learned so much about, and this goes into why I work with our students, these guys are awesome. But they are young, and they, they just need people to listen. Sometimes just to listen to their day, to their week, how things were going. And they need to know that adults are human, that adults have struggles that we, that we fall, and that God is continually at work in our lives. Um, and as you were reading the questions, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's our kids. They just want people to be there to love on them. And so um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be anywhere else on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights because I love my kids. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your faithfulness there. And I think um, what, I, what I picked up on what you guys both said is it's, it's not a... Um, it's not a, am I called to work with the next generation? You are like, I mean, we don't, we don't ever pray about obeying God. Like, okay, God, do you want me to love my neighbor? Well, yes, he wants you to love your neighbor. That's a command in scripture, but it's, it's a, it's a prayer of, of how do you fulfill that call? Right. And and so, you know, as a congregation, as a church, as God entrusts us um, with a younger generation. And, and that's one of the neat things is because our, our preschool, why we have those needs right now is our preschool is, is growing that, that nine and 10 30 rooms, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we just had three rooms down that hall that, that weren't being used. And now those three rooms are being used at both hours. And, and there's kids that keep coming in those three rooms. That's great. That's awesome. You know, and so God's entrusting us as a church and a congregation to take care of them. And so it's, it's not a, hey, I'm sitting out there this morning and God, do you want me to work with kids or youth or the next generation? He'll say yes. Your, your prayer is how do you do that? How do you pass down to someone else what someone's done for you, you do for them? And, and so I, that's what I kind of picked up is as God was working in y'all's lives, it was, it was yes, he wants you to do it. But hey, maybe it's not with kids, but now youth, but it's still there. Or you know, yeah, it is with preschoolers and, and stay there and, and help in that. So that's awesome. So I want to shift a little bit to just some practical things that you guys do as a family as we think from kind of go from church into our homes is I know y'all, y'all, y'all do family devotions. And so kind of walk us through how you do those and, and what's good and what's bad, what's worked, what hasn't worked. I mean, how do you do them? And then just kind of some so what's worked and hasn't worked, just as a way to encourage us. So when our Julia came and we started um, at night a routine where we would read a book to her before bedtime. And um, somewhere along the 18 months or so, a family blessed us with a book, a set of books called Alice in Bible Land. And it was just a very natural fit into our, our, our routine that we would read these books. And as she got a little older and cursing came, it was something that we could do with the both of them and just an opportunity to be on their level and to speak truth and word, uh, Bible stories in there with the truths that came along with those. And 
it has progressed. Um, at times, it's been difficult having such a, a seven-year age span between the two of them. So we've definitely had to adapt. So, For a lot of times, a struggle with being consistent with that and dealing with the struggles with the different ages, a lot of our devotion times wound up being kind of situational and not as not as consistent as as we would like for them to be or as they are now. So a lot of what we would do for a number of years was as situations would arise, we would we would seek the scriptures and the truth found in them, but, but we weren't as consistent and we didn't have a good solid plan. Uh, probably five years ago, I committed to reading the Bible through again. Uh, with I had one of the one-year Bibles, and my kids knew that I was doing it, so I have my personal devotion time first thing in the morning. And so I was doing the, because there's so much reading, I was going to do part of it in the, evening, in the morning and part of it in the evening. So my kids said, well, we want to do it with you in the evening. And so I would do my personal quiet time in the morning, and I would do the Old Testament and then Psalms and Proverbs. In the evenings, we would do the New Testament and then Psalms and Proverbs again with the kids. And so since we had three kids, they would each read a section of the Scripture, and then we would discuss what went on. So we did this two years in a row. And so the second year, we, we flipped that, and I did the New Testament by myself, and then we did the Old Testament and Psalms and Proverbs again. Uh, in the evening so within the course of two year time we probably our kids probably got to read 95 percent uh of the scripture of, of the word that i mean there were days that we missed of course but overall during that time and that helped us to get really uh on track to be consistent but our, our kids were the ones that kind of prompted that to be consistent because they they desired it they wanted it so would you like to share what came next so after that, um, we needed a new plan because we'd already finished that. And uh, that was about the time the Jesus Calling book had come out. And I had gotten one for Alan and I, and we were working on that. And we really kind of wanted to, to move that into our devotion. So we had the girls take a night, and then we would take a night because we felt like it was important for them to be able to, to read the Word and to understand and to be able to share that and we felt like what better place to begin sharing than in our home with in a comfort comfortable place they were comfortable with um when gordon got old enough that he could kind of start participating um i was at lifeway and found a children's version of jesus calling so we were able to slip him into that also and so we each kind of took a day and um being a family of five, it just naturally flowed that on Wednesday and Sunday we were already getting fed, so we did not do them on those days. But that was an, a natural progression because the girls could do the books that we were doing, and then Gordon had one that was on his level. Awesome. And so when she says that they took a day, what that means is that they prepared uh, for our devotion time. And our devotion time is, is very simple. You know, we'll read what the devotion says and the scriptures related. And then whoever's in charge of that day will be responsible for asking leading questions that prompt conversation. And then as a family, then we discuss the truths that were in the scripture and that were in the devotion time. And like Teresa said, we, we do that every day of the week except for Wednesday and Sunday. And on those days, a lot of times the discussion revolves around what was preached on or what was taught. You know, so we still have discussions, but we don't necessarily plan for that specific time. Uh, it's difficult. We found it difficult at times to, you know, if you miss a night or two, and we all do, 
and then trying to keep track of, okay, whose turn is it, you know? <laughs> and so what we did is my Kirsten is very artistic. And so I had her make bookmarks for us. So now we're assigned a day. And so we each have, and it stays in our book, so that we, we do our devotions in our quiet time. But then our little bookmark reminds us, okay, it's Monday. It's, it's Dad's turn. It's my turn today. Uh, and then what we do when we're you – know, now we've – we did Jesus Calling for a couple of years, and now we're doing Experiencing God Day by Day. So another devotion book, but similar kind of plan, one for every day of the year. And then when we're finished, uh, something else that we always do is everyone in the family has the opportunity to – to request uh, have a prayer request and sometimes it's something personal a test sometimes it's you know they're concerned about a friend or a family member or, or someone is ill or has lost a loved one uh, and so everyone has a chance to share a prayer request every night and to to make that easier as well because a lot of times getting your children to pray out loud nobody wants to do it uh, and so and that's my family as well so what we've done is we have a plan for that as well so uh, whoever leads devotion one night, the next night's their turn to pray. And so we don't have, we never have to guess, okay, we don't have to ask for volunteers. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm, I'm going to lead devotion Monday night. So Tuesday night, I'm going to lead in the prayer time, but everyone will participate and have a chance to share. Great. So if there's kind of, and I know you guys, it sounds like over time that developed. So help a family and, and maybe even a married couple who, um, they don't have kids at home, how would you suggest they just start? You know, because you, you guys have a well-organized plan. But, but it but, didn't happen overnight. Right. So how, how do you start? It didn't happen overnight, and it didn't happen without struggles. Okay. Um, I would say start. Um, and I, I tell our students and our, my kids also at home, the, if, you, if you're not used to having a daily time, a very easy place to start is Proverbs. There's one for every day, and just um, and you may find like for him, it's easier for him to do his in the mornings. For me, it's easier to find a time in the afternoon when I'm needing time away from the kids at home to slip away and have that time in the afternoon. And so you just kind of have to realize that if you're doing something and it's not working, find something else and just keep plugging away at it until you find something that works for you. But realize you're going to be consistent, and you're going to, there are going to be days that you just you get to the end of the day, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why my day was so rough, because I didn't spend time in the Word. I would say, too, that, uh, like she said, just, you just have to, have to get started and take one step at a time. It may begin with just, just praying, you know, and if that's all you do, that's fine. Uh, but I would also encourage you that there's, there's power in God's written Word. And God promises it, that his word will not return void. And so if all you do is read a verse and don't even discuss it, if you read that verse, you're opening up God's word, and God will bless that, and his purposes will be accomplished through his word. So it can, it can start just as simple as reading a verse and praying together. It doesn't have to be big. But I would also encourage you that as your children get older, that from the time they accept Christ, they have the same amount of the Holy Spirit in them as you and I do. Amen. And they are capable of discerning truth from Scripture and learning it. And, you know, we, we train our kids at every other, for every other thing. But spiritually training them is the most important thing. It has eternal consequences, not just worldly consequences. 
So start easy and remember that God's Word is the truth. Alan's opinion doesn't really matter. It's always trumped by God's Word. Uh, but as long as God's Word is presented and read, then He will bless it and His purposes will be accomplished through it. Amen. Thank you guys for sharing so much. That was, that was super helpful. I really was. I, I appreciate you guys' willingness to share and faithfulness and let us kind of take a peek into what y'all do and the goods and the struggles out of that. And, and I know many, many folks were encouraged by that as well. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Now, as you grab Psalm 71 back out, I want you to look at verse 18 again with me. And the psalmist says, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those that come. You know, when I was working on that verse this week, there were, there were two names that popped into my mind. And uh, the first was Mary Morrow. For many of you, you knew Mary. Uh, for a lot of ladies, Mary blessed you. She taught the Tuesday morning Bible study and, and cross-generationally helped many women in our church. And Mary passed away in 2018. And then the other name was Bob Bulow. Bob passed away almost uh, just a little over a month ago now. And when I was reading that verse and I was praying through that verse on kind of how to explain and illustrate, those, those two names popped into my mind. Because here was Bob who, like Mary, prayed for so many people of crossed in different generations. Bob taught our men's uh, Bible study on Wednesday night. And when Bob passed, I had men and women of different generations coming up to me saying what a blessing he was. How Bob helped them. And the same for Mary. I have so many different women coming up. How Mary poured her life into so many people. And so what I'm encouraging you to do today is just simple. What someone has done for you, do for somebody else. And, and maybe you can think in your mind of a Bob and a Mary. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a, a pastor, a friend, a parent. That they passed down to you the truth of God's word. They invested in you. And so what's been done for you, do for someone else. And so this morning, you take that sheet out, and you can put your name there. You put your phone number, your email address, and, and check a box. All right, how, how am I going to help this next generation learn more about Jesus? Teenagers, you guys can help out in this way as well. Uh, in our youth, you can be assistant teachers if you're over the age of 14. And so teenagers, we'd love to have you involved in that as well. You, you guys are part of our church to serve. And so how are you going to do that? Over the next two weeks that we're going to have uh, this, week, uh, this week and then next week's the end of our series, we're praying that all of those cards I can take off next week because you guys have stood in the gap and you've, you've been the next Bobs and the next Marys. And so I want you to pray about that. I want you to pray about how you can do that here, how God is calling you specifically to do it, not if God's calling you, he's calling you, but how is he going to call you to fulfill that? But maybe there's another way. You can also do that in your life group or in your home. You take that step this week. And maybe today it's you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior yet. That's your first step you need to take. That's the commitment you need to make this morning. Is that you need to meet this God of verse 15 that can save you and deliver you from the consequences of your sins so that you may join us in declaring that God is good and all of the righteous deeds that he's done. 
Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org slash give.